And in Genesis, we saw how Jesus showed up in the garden with Adam and Eve when they sinned. Jesus showed up on the mountaintop last week as we looked at Abraham sacrificing Isaac. And if you're familiar with Exodus, you'll come to see how Jesus will show up in Egypt when Israel was stuck in slavery. Make your way there to the 12th chapter of Exodus. And I'll begin reading at the first verse. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night roast, roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it, its head, and its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the first Trusting you with everything, being used by you to 
itself and opens up. The score is 9 to 0. If you're familiar with this passage, you understand then that the people of God had found themselves in somewhat of a precarious predicament. At one time, they were welcomed and received in Egypt. That's when God had used Joseph as his servant, who was a descendant of Abraham, to be a blessing to Egypt during the time of Pharaoh. Not just Egypt, um, but during the time of famine to everyone who was in the region. For God had allowed Joseph to interpret the dream that Pharaoh had. And everybody was welcomed. All of, all of Joseph's kindred were allowed to come into Egypt to escape the famine. But as time went on, beginning of Exodus, this book in which we're looking into, the Bible declares that that Pharaoh died, and there arose the Pharaoh who didn't know what God had done through Joseph. As a result of that, that Pharaoh in his insecurities began to survey the populace, and he realized that the Hebrews were outnumbering the Egyptians. And so in his insecurity, he decided to try and exterminate some and enslave others by putting them into Egyptian captivity. This is a scene. And now it's been some 430 years where they have experienced slavery, where they have been in bondage. Many of them, by time this text is written, AJ, have only known bondage. They've only known life enslaved, enslaved by the Egyptians. And yet, in the moment of their misery, God sends a deliverer by the name of Moses. Moses then goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh rejects Moses because he says to Moses, who is this God that is commanding me to let your people go? No, I'm not going to do that because I don't know your God. That's what Pharaoh said. But you know, God has a way of letting himself be known. And so then God commences through his servant Moses and Aaron to send plagues upon the land of Egypt. He sends nine plagues, and all nine plagues impact the Egyptians and not the Hebrews who were living in Goshen. It impacts only the Egyptians, these nine plagues. But with every plague, Pharaoh's heart only became that much hardened. And then God speaks to Moses. And he speaks to Moses some interesting words, if you look there in the first and second verse of this 12th chapter. He tells Moses that the day in which he's speaking to him is to be a day of new beginning. You're not seeing the context. Because the Bible says in verse 1 that Moses and Aaron are still in Egypt. Egypt is where the Hebrews are still enslaved. And while they are yet enslaved, yet still uh, in bondage, yet dealing with the shame uh, of enslavement, God says it's going to be a new day. Oh, don't disconnect from just yet. I want to help somebody here understand something. That, that God is able to declare a new beginning out of a painful past. That before he even moves, he declares it's going to be a new beginning. He states it so that they might know it and walk in the confidence in it. I hope you hear me and understand what God is trying to tell you. Because some of you right now, you may be in a painful past, maybe dealing with being in hostage to your history. But God made a declaration that in him you can be set free. And today can be a new beginning. Today can be a new start for you. So while they're enslaved, God said for them, don't miss this, to mark the day as a new start. Which, which helps 
but then you ought to memorialize the moments that God moves in your life and you ought to celebrate it as in the beginning. I love this because in the calendar that they were under in Egyptian, this isn't the beginning of the year, but God declares it's the beginning for him. Uh, you missed it. And he says that it's a new beginning for you, which tells us that God can do more than our history has done for us. Let's look at the details of the declaration as just as God has granted them this new beginning in the text, I believe God wants to grant someone a new beginning today. Isaiah 43 and 19 said it this way, Behold, God says, I am doing a new thing now. I don't know who, who this is for, but he said, they'll spring forth. Do you not perceive it? God is a God of new beginnings. He's the God that when you trust in him, he can transform whatever you're going through and set your release date. Even before you see it come to pass, God has already declared it over you. That's really what happens here because he declares it. And now Moses has to go to the congregation. He goes to the congregation to let them know that, that when Jesus shows up, it's going to be a new start. But in order for them to really experience the deliverance, they have to do certain parameters that God has specified that they would do in order to see his deliverance. Which tells us that our obedience is critical to our deliverance. That whatever you're experiencing in your life, that may have got you enslaved, may have you in shame, may have you wrapped in sin. I want you to understand by the teaching of the text that it's only when we get in line with God's program, we align ourselves with God's will, that we're able to see our deliverance. I'm in the text, you heard me read it, where he tells them, each of them, that they are to go amongst their herd and to select a lamb. Now, so the people know, not just any lamb, Dr. Al, it's not just any runt of the litter. No, they were to inspect the herd to select the best lamb. The Bible describes it as a lamb without blemish, without spot. They would select a male lamb for each household that had no impurities that were visible to it. They weren't to bring the sickly lamb. They weren't to bring uh, the, the, the lambs that didn't want or the rejected lambs. Though they were to look out into the flock and a herd and bring the best that they had before the Lord. Maybe you're not understanding the level of this sacrifice. Because this kind of lamb would be held aside for procreation and for breeding. I mean, this lamb is a spotless lamb. It is a lamb that you'd want to produce with. And yet, God says, bring the best that you have to me. Ah, and so here it is. They take the lamb. They take the lamb and they place the lamb in their home. They have the lamb in their home. So not only are they to choose the lamb, but they're to care for the lamb. 
feel the tension in the text. Because here they are sacrificing the lamb out of obedience to God. Because the lamb is supposed to be killed so that they wouldn't have to be. Because they deserve to be. But there had to be a substitute for them in order for them to really understand the deliverance that God had for them. He tells them to select the lamb and to sacrifice the lamb. He tells them to sacrifice the lamb because the lamb is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We've been looking for Christ in the Old Testament. Look at how Jesus shows up. For this chosen lamb is a foreshadow of Christ because when John saw Christ in John 1.29, he told those who were around him the next day when he saw Jesus coming toward him, he told his disciples and all those who were there, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What we see in Passover, Exodus 12, is really just a preview of what's going to come. Okay, you're not going to see any movie, any movie um, fans out there, any of you, you like movies, three people in here uh, like movies, any of you like movies, I, I, I love movies. A recent movie just came out, I, I love movies, and I'm not standing here to endorse any movies, I don't want you uh, to, to think I'm just endorsing every movie, but, but this, this is a pretty good movie. When I saw the preview, I got excited. I got excited off the preview, you're not with me just yet here. I, I saw the preview, um, and then all of a sudden, I felt like I was connected to the movie, something in me connected me to the movie. I, I, I saw the preview. It told me that it was about to happen. Some of you didn't catch that. Uh, uh, but, but it was it was Black Panther, Wakanda forever. And, and there, there, there I was. I, I saw the preview. I said, I got to go see it. I got excited over the preview and realized the movie was way better than even the preview could ever show me. Come here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. The Passover picture here is just a preview. You can get excited over
our God is a just God. He, he is a God that cannot ignore sinfulness. And so now his sinfulness, their sinfulness warrants judgment. Now notice what I said, I said their sinfulness. Because when you look at the text, there's no one excluded in this text. When, when God says he's going to go throughout the land of Egypt that night, and he's going to strike all the firstborn of the land, that's verse 12, both men and beasts and all the gods of Egypt, look what God says, I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. He says he's executing judgment on everybody. Up until this point, the plagues had only impacted Egypt, but now this declaration impacts everybody because everybody was under the judgment because of sin. That's the Egyptians and the Hebrews. That's you and that's me. That's all of us. And look at the God of justice. Because God says that it has to be punished. Um, I'm mindful of, of a story I recently heard um, and uh, researched just now about um, Arthur Conan Doyle. You might not know Arthur Conan Doyle, but Arthur Conan Doyle is the author of the Sherlock Holmes mystery series. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle was known by those who knew him uh, personally uh, as a prankster, as a jokester, as somebody who did a lot of jokes. And as a practical joke one day, he thought it might be comical to send a message, send a note to 12 of his closest friends. These closest friends were individuals who were well known in the society, and yet he wanted to send this note to them um, that, that, that he might play a practical joke on them. So what he decided to do was send them 12 identical notes, anonymously dug, and this is what the note said. The note said, all has been discovered. If I were you, I would leave town immediately. That's all I'm going to say. And the story goes on that in 24 hours, all 12 of his friends left town. Come, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Don't, don't, don't think that you're excluded from this. And that's what God was saying to all those who were here in the, at the time of the text. No one is excluded from this judgment because this judgment is on sin. So he tells them that they are to sacrifice the lamb. They sacrifice the lamb because in order for sin to be forgiven, blood must be shed. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, the 22nd verse says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Blood had to be shed. And so, sin brings death. And since all sinned and were supposed to die, God's justice demanded that punishment be complete. Can you see the scene now? They're sacrificing the lambs. There they are, each household. And then he tells them to take some hyssop and lentil and begin to paint the doorposts of the house, the, the side frame and the top frame, the paint 
obedient to what God said. God said, as he passed through the firstborn of every household in Egypt, was going to die. He was executing judgment. But verse 13 says, but the blood shall be assigned to you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you without personal things. He said the blood will be assigned to you. We call this expiation, that when they saw the blood on the, the, on the doorpost, they saw that they were guilty of sin and someone had to die. Oh, but when God saw the blood, he saw that someone had died in their place. And he passed over them, passed judgment over them, allowed his judgment to pass them, though they deserved the judgment because the blood had already covered them. Can, can you see Calvary? Can, can you see the cross? That when we see the cross, we see what our sin cost. It cost his life. Oh, but when God sees the cross, he sees propitiation is what we call it in theological circles. He sees his wrath being satisfied. That when you are covered by Christ, you are covered eternally. That the sins that Christ's blood cover, says you are forgiven by God on the day you accept Christ for the rest of your life. And you belong to God because you are covered by the blood. Trespassers, where others who were covered by the blood died. 
an expense. We got you covered. I'm just trying to help you understand something. That when sin has broken you down, when you can't go any further, there is a Savior named Jesus, the Lamb of God, who says, if you come to me, I'll have you covered. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're faced with, if you come to him, you'll have forgiveness from him, and you'll have a new life. I'm really in the text, because when the judgment came in Egypt, it really unlocked the shackles of all those who believed in God, and the Pharaoh said, y'all get on out of here, go ahead, you are free to go, because when God moves, God moves to set you free, and if any man's in Christ, I'm in the text now, if any man's in Christ, he
Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.